0: Hello, good morning, everyone. Let's turn to John chapter 19, John 19. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in purple robe. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews, and to give him blows in the face. And Pilate came out again and said to them, Behold, I'm him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. Jesus therefore came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When therefore the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify, crucify. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he made himself out to be the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard this statement, he was the more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You do not speak to me? Do you know what I, that I have authority to release you and I have authority to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no authority over me unless it has been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me up to you has the greater sin. As a result of this, Pilate made efforts to release him. But the Jews cried out, saying, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, so it was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. And they therefore cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he then delivered him up to be crucified, and he took Jesus, therefore, and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the Place of a Skull, which is in Hebrew called Golgotha. They there crucified him, and with him two other men, one on either side and Jesus in between. And Pilate wrote an inscription also and put it on the cross, and it was written, Jesus, the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Therefore this inscription many of the Jews read, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. And so the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. The soldiers, therefore, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. They said, therefore, to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it. To decide whose it shall be, for that the Scripture might be fulfilled. They divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things, but there were standing by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and his disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother, and that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished, in order that scripture might be fulfilled, said, I am thirsty. A, sourful, a jar full of sour wine was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had finished the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparations, so that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first man and the other man who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they, did, uh, uh, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately there came out blood and water." And he who has, seen, uh, who has seen has borne witness, and his witness is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. For these things came to pass, that, uh, that the scripture might be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall be broken. And then again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And after these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission. He came, therefore, and took away his body, and Nicodemus came also, who had first come to him by night, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes about a hundred pounds weight. And so they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, on account of the Jewish day of preparation, because of the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Amen. Okay, it's, uh, it's pretty appropriate that we're taking communion today uh, because we're discussing you know, basically what happens. So uh, Pilate takes him in. Now, Jesus, if you remember, in, uh, under Jewish law, you could only be lashed 39 times, right? It was 40 minus 1. That was the limit of Jewish law. Unfortunately, Jesus is under Roman punishment. And in Roman punishment, there actually is, is no amount, no fixed amount um, uh, that uh, Jesus receives. And, and he, th- he receives a beating. Um, they use, the, the Romans use uh, um, a flogging device called a cat of nine tails. It has nine tails or nine different parts of the whip. In, in, inside the whip, at the end of every whip or every piece of the whip, the nine tails, uh, there's a leather ball in the middle of that, uh, there's uh, pieces of rock and pieces of animal teeth. And the idea, and, and I mean, I know it sounds so vicious, but the Romans actually have a plan. The idea is that if they flogged them, uh, which is basically the whip would attach the skin and just take chunks of skin out, right? So, um, uh, but the idea is that if they did this, if they beat them thoroughly there would be so much loss of blood that when they hung on the cross, it would be a lot shorter. And so, I mean, it was cruel, but they had some kind of logic uh, that was to it. Um, Historically, uh, Josephus tells us the longest anyone has ever stood on the cross was eight days. Can you imagine eight days? Jesus is there for six hours. What's interesting about this one is that, if you notice, Jesus was beaten before he was pronounced guilty. And and which is actually not according to anyone's law. You know, I mean no one receives punishment before they're found guilty. But Pilate, most likely, Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus. It's very clear when, when you read this, and I'll share some more insight in a moment. But uh, there was such an outroar, so he thought if he could just Beat, if, if he could present a beaten battered man to the Jews, it would appease them, but they don't and so you remember what he says he 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 brings them out and and the words he says the man Jesus remember before he'd always said he's the king, but now and it's a kind of a nod to his appeasement of the Jews, and he said, you know what okay listen let, let's just uh, um uh, let's just let this man go, uh, but no, they don't do that. And they, they say something um, in, uh, let me find this, crucify, crucify, verse 6, take him yourselves for, and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. Jesus answered, we have a law that by the law he ought to die because he, was, he, because he made himself out to be the son of God. When Pilate therefore heard this statement, he was the more afraid. Now, I'll tell you why. Remember yesterday, we talked about Pilate is in a very precarious situation. His benefactor was Aelus Sejanus. Sejanus was, uh, had a plot to kill Tiberius Caesar. That plot was found, found out, so they executed Sejanus. And so, but now Pilate, he's in, he's in hot water with, with Caesar, with Rome, basically. And so this is, not, this is not just Jewish law. This is also Roman law. Roman law says there's only one king and that and, and that that is only Caesar. And so as soon as you know they they mentioned this guy claimed to be the son of God, basically claimed to be the king, Pilate now is very, very worried. He's very worried because he knows man he's already in trouble with Tiberius. He's already in trouble with Rome. Man, if if I don't if I don't take care of this situation with this guy who claims to be the king, he knows that he's, he is in big, big trouble uh, in this way. And uh, um, uh, and so, the, you know, he continues on. He, Jesus, uh, he, he asks him, he comes out, he's, he's worried. He asks him, okay, you know, where are you from? Like, what's going on here? And he doesn't answer, probably because he's so beaten down, right? I mean, he's so bloodied. He's losing a lot of blood, you know, uh, during this time. And so he gives him no answer, and then he Pilate says, "Don't you know I have the authority to release you and to crucify you?" And he says, "This you would have no authority over me unless it has been given you from above. For this reason, who who delivered me up to you has the greater sin." And so he's basically saying, "Pilate, it's okay, right? It's those guys, right? It's it's you know, it's it's really on them." So he makes every effort, every effort to release him, but the the high priest respond, you got to catch this, verse 12. If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar. Everyone who makes himself out to be a king opposes Caesar. So this is phrase Amici Caesarius, uh, is, a, is a very powerful phrase. It was, a, it was a well-defined group of senators, politicians, knights, you know, uh, probably the billionaires of their time, and this was like the elite, elite group. Pilate, because he was a governor here, he was a member of this elite group. And so, I mean, the, the the high priests are very, very shrewd. They know he's in hot water with Rome. And they're using that to manipulate him. Pilate wants nothing to do with this thing. But they're saying that if, that, if this is the case, you, you are no friend of Caesar, right? This Amici Caesaris. And so Pilate basically has no choice now; he has absolutely no choice whatsoever, and he basically delivers him up uh, to be crucified. Uh, note in 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 verse fourteen. Now, because this is six a.m. now, the sixth hour, uh, they they are getting ready for the preparation for the feast, and and it's it is I mean it is insane what the high priests are doing here. I mean, they're, they're violating Roman law, first of all, in the sense that, you know, this kind of mob violence, this is the opposite of their whole system of Pax Romana. They're violating Jewish law at the same time, right, by, by, by crucifying, by killing this innocent man, you know, and they want to take care of all this stuff so they could prepare for the Passover. I mean, and then, what a statement, the end of 15. Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, "We have no king but Caesar." <sighs> what? This is this is against everything they believe as Jewish people. There's only one king, who's God, and now they're make they're you know making allegiance right to Caesar as their king. These guys are blind. I mean, this is like totally demonic and then later on just a little irony later on so Pilate puts on the top of his inscription on the cross in three different languages the king of the jews and so then you know they come and says hey can you change the wording don't put king of the jews put he said he was the king of the jews right and so and Pilate says hey, just get out of my face you know basically uh i mean you're 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 the you're the one who's you know claiming this and 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 you know all these things happen and so, so they get to the cross, and um, uh, it's, uh, it's in Hebrew, right? It's uh, Golgolet, uh, which we get the word Golgotha. In, in, uh, in Latin, uh, the, uh, the skull is Calvaria, which we get the word Calvary. So that's kind of the, the differences why people say these certain things. Uh, and um, there's a word, uh, an English word, Right, that, that came out of this that describes the pain of the cross. You know what this word is? Excruciating. I mean, this, this, this English word is driven directly from, right, the, this cross that's happening here. Uh, the root word being crux or cross. And so when we think of excruciating or, or out of the cross is, is the idea, ex crux. And so when we think of that, we think of the most painful thing that you can experience. And that's pretty much what the cross was. And so he's, he's beaten, he hangs on the cross during this time, and then there were four soldiers that were meant to cover him. And this is kind of an interesting, only John will write about this. Not only does it fulfill prophecy, but they take this seamless tunic. And, and this would have been very, very precious to uh, Jesus, It would have been precious to John as well because he knows a story here um, uh, that it fills. not only fulfills New Testament prophecy, but it was customary for mothers when the son leaves home that the mother would hand make a seamless tunic for the son. It was kind of like you know you're leaving home, and usually it was to get married. Obviously, Jesus didn't get married, but it was to leave home, and it would be like a very precious piece of clothing. Uh, that a mother would offer uh, their son. And this is the clothing. And so it's very interesting, as soon as this happens, John turns to Jesus' mother. And he says in verse 25, therefore soldiers did these things, but there was standing by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And so John knows the significance of this garment. and And, and you can... You can almost feel the sadness, right? It's like the, the family sadness that, um, what they have to go through. And can you imagine Mary? I, I know for us as uh, uh, non-Catholics, um, sometimes I think we kind of look down on Mary, to be honest, right? Because we believe in, in, in parts of Catholicism she's worshipped and we should, you shouldn't be doing that. But I would say this. I mean, we don't worship Mary, but she's, she's a woman that we should respect, you know, I mean, any of you guys—I know a lot of moms in this room. Can you imagine your son is is beaten down, and then these soldiers take a very special article of clothing that you made—that was a gift to the son—and they're they're arguing about who's going to take it and tearing it up and all the—I mean, they've already—I mean, they've already torn his son, her son up, and now they're going to tear this garment up. You know, and, and you could you could you could sense why John is writing this this heaviness. Uh, that's on John's heart in this way. Um, uh, you know, very, very dear, dear moment. Uh, four women are at the cross, right? Mary, Mary's sister, uh, probably Salome. Uh, and then, um, uh, uh, remember, she's John's mother. Uh, and then another Mary named Clopas, uh, uh, Clopas's wife. And then Mary uh, Magdala, all right, Mary Magdalene. And so, and Jesus is hanging on the cross in excruciating pain, and what does he do? Because he was always the perfect son, and so he sees his mother in pain and need, and so he he makes an arrangement. He turns to the woman, says, "Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother." Now, this is contrary to Jewish custom because remember, Jesus had four other brothers, you know, and probably James, you know, or Jacob would be the one that would take care. Uh, but he basically gives her into the care of John, the beloved. And church history says this literally happened because now they end up in Ephesus, right? Uh, uh, Jesus' mother, Mary, becomes like the female elder in the church, and John becomes the elder of that church uh, in Ephesus. And so a lot of kind of interesting thing happens. Uh, but, you know, it gives John the privilege and responsibility to care for the mother, uh, and you heard me say this so many times, right? The blood of Jesus is thicker than family blood, right? The blood we have as brothers and sisters is thicker than our family blood. Now, John doesn't really include a lot of the other um, uh, uh, episodes that the other gospel writers do, but, you know, as John's kind of way of doing it, he, do, he talks about other events that, that will kind of uh, simulate this. And so Jesus, uh, when he's... Uh, um, when he's on the cross, he utters this word, I am thirsty. And remember, every time in the book of John, when John writes about thirst, it was never physical thirst. It was always spiritual thirst, right? It says, you know, you drink this water, you'll thirst again, but, I'm, but I'm, there's living water. It is, it is, you know, there, there's these ideas over and over again. And so what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, I'm thirsting, I'm thirsting for the Holy Spirit. Where Father, uh, uh, God the Father, God the Spirit, right, have now left because the sins of the world are pressed upon Jesus, and Jesus is left abandoned on the cross. And so he cries out in his humanity, I am thirsty. So they give him some wine, you know, it's, it's not, they totally misunderstand. Remember, he's the misunderstood Messiah. Totally misunderstand everything he's saying. And then in verse 30, and when therefore he received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. A very, very interesting word in in Greek, out of the word teleo. In this particular phrase, telestai. This this was this is what uh, uh, merchants would stamp on their bills in the in the first century, and the telestai basically literally meant paid in full. And so, when Jesus made this statement, he was saying. Everything is now paid in full. Your sin, right your your debt that you had now it's totally covered. It's totally paid in full uh, during this time, and and so he he remember he bowed his head. He, it's kind of like he laid his head down, almost like asleep. I've mentioned that many many times, and so. You know, John reminds us in 31, the Jews, therefore, because it was the day of preparation, that the bodies should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day. And asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and they might be taken away. Uh, Again, their affirmation of their religious custom. They just murdered somebody, but they're concerned about their religious custom. Again, the Sabbath. They're so concerned about Sabbath. And so they come to this place, and it's so interesting. They ask, okay, so now I want you to make this spiritual connection. Jesus is the Passover lamb. Passover is, is literally coming. You know, that is the day of Passover, basically. He's the Passover lamb. The chief priest said, can you break their legs? The reason why they break their legs is because when they're hanging on the cross, in order for them to breathe, they actually need to raise themselves up. Right? So because you know, their, their lungs are collapsing, they raise themselves up. So if they break their legs, unable for them to raise themselves up. And so uh, the primary way someone died on the cross was asphyxiation. They, they couldn't breathe. And so, so they, that's, that's what they do. It was kind of like an act of mercy in a way. They would break the legs, and so they couldn't lift themselves up to breathe anymore, and they would just die. And so they get to Jesus, and this is very prophetic. They don't break his legs because they already died. Now, under Jewish custom, the Passover lamb, the actual lamb, you could not break its legs. You had to tear the, the, uh, the uh, lamb apart by its joints. It was forbidden for the Passover lamb, right, leg to be broken. The chief priests say, break their legs, right, and then don't need to. And then they take the spear, right, they spear Jesus on the side, and then blood and water uh, come out of that time, uh, from my understanding, uh, that usually means your heart is exploded, right? And so, you know, the, the idea, um, like we, we could actually say Jesus died of a broken heart. You can literally make that claim because his heart was broken in some way. And so, uh, you know, these, these prophecies happen. And then there's two brave men, uh, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, uh, they prepare the body, they put him in joseph 's uh uh cave um, and uh um, the idea of the uh the, the courageous act of claiming a body uh would have been considered a great act of chesed, and uh and so that 's what these these two men basically do yeah, they they risk their reputation, they risk their life, they risk their allegiance uh to care for jesus 's body and that 's where We'll leave this story today. All right, so let's close our eyes. There is no point of reflection today but the cross. You know, Paul very, very beautifully wrote I care to know nothing except Jesus Christ. And him crucified. Right? The cross is the center of our spiritual experience. And so as we meditate, we're going to sing a song together. I want to encourage us to just meditate on the cross. We are all made equal on the cross. For we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We're all made clean. We're all forgiven of our sins because of the cross. We have all been forgiven our debt because of the cross. I think it's appropriate for us to give thanks to Jesus for the cross. Let's sing together.
1: It was my cross you bore So I could live In the freedom
0: As we continue to meditate on the cross, let me read from the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner should be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself, if he does not judge the body rightly." For this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number asleep. And so let's close our eyes and you know, let's just meditate on the cross. Let's meditate on what Jesus Christ has done for us. You know, and let's give thanks. And let's give thanks. And so we want to uh, take communion together as a, a body. So I want to invite the pastors to come up first. And so there's five of us here today. And so we want to uh, serve you communion and to pray a quick prayer blessing over you. And so if you guys can each take one. Whenever you're ready, you can come and stand in front of uh, one of our pastors and uh, we'll serve you uh, and then uh, we'll pray for you uh, and then you can go back and uh, have your own prayer time or uh, there's some uh, kanji and some fruit uh, that are outside and you're more than welcome uh, to help yourself and so let me just pray over us and then just make your way uh, to one of us here. Father, thank you, God, thank you for the cross, Lord, thank you for sustaining us, Lord God. Truly, Lord, uh, it takes more than bread, God, uh, for us to stay alive. It takes every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, and just continue to strengthen us and uh, continue to have us focus on you, God. I care to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So come, Holy Spirit, Lord, even though many of us are breaking our fast today, God, Lord, we are not breaking our, Lord, utmost devotion to you, God, every day, 24-7, Lord. We thank you. Bless our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.